everyone and welcome to my podcast, Today is Not Tomorrow. Happy holidays everyone! I am so, so excited for my final guest speaker episode. Here with me today I have two people who are very near and dear to my heart, Salo and Morgan. Hi guys! Hello! Hi everyone! How are you both? I'm fine. Excellent. I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I think everyone can hear how chirpy I sound but I am so happy to have you both on here for many reasons and I'll start to list, I will. (laughs) I think that I have a bit of a behind the scenes story as to why I started my podcast and although I always had this idea, it's not until I met these two wonderful ladies that I regained my confidence and I decided that it's time I sat down and I did what I was passionate about, which is using my voice to reach others and start this podcast. So thank you so much, Morgan and Sally. You two have honestly changed, changed me in many ways and I am forever grateful for this. I've only known you for so long (laughs) and it feels like a lifetime, but why don't we jump right into how how we all met, how it started. If I can hand this over to you, Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess how we met, um, I have the privilege of working at Girl Up as a program associate. And in the in the adapting to 2020 and making sure that we're still providing a engaging leadership summit, um, one of my team members came to me and was like, okay, we need to have MCs to help um, make sure that our event is up and it's fun and it's engaging and you have to find the club leaders that can do that and so um, after talking with our country representatives and a bunch of people on our team um, we created a short list and obviously both you Buffy and uh, Salo (laughs) were selected to be uh, partners and then also to be our MCs for the beginning of the day um, in US time Um, and that is how I both got to meet you so I kind of met you behind the scenes and then I got to send the um, introduction email and then meet both of you over zoom and I can't wait until we can meet in person by the way (laughs) (laughs) and this was amazing Sally how did you feel when we got this email and we were just paired together I got this email and it said that I was supposed to be MC with this girl from the UK um, whose name was Muffin. When I read her name, I was like, oh, how, how am I supposed to say her name? That was my first thought. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, that, that's weird. <laughs> and of course, I was super excited. I was like, oh my god. I'm, I was actually chosen to be the MC of the Leadership Summit. That was, that was amazing. That was incredible. I couldn't believe it. And then I got on the call with Mofi and Morgan, and we were just so friendly. We it was, we hit it off right away. It was super nice. And I remember after the call, I stayed with Mofi for like an hour <laughs> and we just talked about our outfits. We picked our clothes, we got changed. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about everything, about school, about friends. And yeah, I think we're good friends now. <laughs> Definitely. It was an amazing time. I remember that hour after we had all met the call with both you and Morgan. Um, Salo and I stayed on the phone and we were just listening to Hamilton music. <laughs> we were listening to the musical and we were choosing our outfits for this summit and honestly the entire experience was amazing. I I can't express how thankful I am. Thank you both for making it possible and I think that we can all kind of agree that 
we have changed in better ways since this summit. I think meeting you both, your energy, number one, is amazing. And number two, having Morgan, who Salo and I call our summit mum, and my partner in crime, Salo, it's just been amazing. So that's kind of all of the emotional stuff slowly swifting away. But that that is just something I wanted to make sure got out there that you two are so amazing. I am really happy. I'm so excited for multiple reasons, but Christmas is around the corner. I am, <laughs> everyone's super excited. I wanna get down into traditions. I know that across the world, um, with you, Morgan, being in America and Salah being in Colombia, what it's like, what traditions do you both have when it comes to celebrating Christmas? Okay, so over here in Colombia, we have many, many, many traditions. So first of all, um, I'm gonna go chronologically. <laughs> yeah, so in the beginning of December, I think it's the 7th or the 6th, it depends when you want to celebrate it. We have these things where we light candles. So we just take our candles and we light them. We play with the, with the wax and we just have a good time as a family. Why do we light candles? Some people say it's for the Virgin. So some people take some letters and they write them and then they burn them so that way it gets to the Virgin Mary, but some people just do it for fun to be with their families, just playing with the candles, with the colors, and all that stuff. So that's something we do. Also, starting from December 16 to December 24, we have this thing that's called Novena, which is nine days where we tell the story of how Jesus was born. So on day one, we tell how the, the angel came to Virgin Mary and he told her he was she was going to be carrying um, baby Jesus, and then their travel through the nine days before Christmas. So we have that part of the story every day. We have some prayers specifically for day one, day two, day three, day four, and that stuff. And at the end, we have this thing that's called the gozos, which are some sort of song. So you say like a little verse and then you sing with with some instruments <laughs> that are from here from Colombia. They are called pandereta and maraca. A maraca is this bowl filled with things that make noise. So when you shake it, it makes this, this noise. I don't know if you have them over there. <laughs> and we just sing and we have a good time. And it's normally religious, but for example, my family is not religious, but we still celebrate the novenas because it, it's a good thing to have in family. A lot of these traditions are religion-based, as you can see, but not only religious people celebrate them. Most of my family doesn't even go to church, but we take part in Christmas traditions. So that's Christmas over here. It sounds like a very festive period and it sounds like a lot of fun as well. Morgan, what about you? What are your traditions like over there? Yeah, that's a great question. And similar to you, Salo, um, my family isn't very religious either. We um, actually grow, grew up in a very uh, devout religion that didn't allow celebration of any kind, really. And so I've since left that religion when I was around 10 years old. And so each year, my family is still developing traditions. Um, and so we are very new to Christmas and we have a lot of different traditions each year that pop up. Some of our personal favorites are definitely decorating the tree together and hanging stockings and making cookies. I think the best thing though um, is making dinner 
both on Christmas Eve and Christmas with my mom. It's one of the things that I think I value the most out of Christmas is just the family time that it brings. Um, and then I guess more broadly, um, from what I understand Christmas to be, um, is that I don't really know the history of it too much, but in America, a lot of it is centered around the Christmas tree and Santa and bringing in um, just like kindness and compassion into the holiday. But that's kind of my personal vantage point on it. I like how you both touched upon this family time and we get to spend time with our families. Morgan, you said you love cooking with your mum, and it's the same. Um, I think that I'm being a bit cheeky saying that I cook with my mum, because she does most of the cooking, I just do <laughs> a lot of the eating, but I definitely do love the time that we get to spend together with our loved ones, so I agree with you both there, for sure. Still on the topic of food, because I think that's a very important part of Christmas, do you have a favourite meal, a favourite dish that you know um, someone in the family cooks specifically for Christmas? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on Christmas dinner, um, my mom typically makes a really big lasagna. And so it's just like layered noodles with lots of cheese. And depending how we feel each year, maybe it will have meat in it, maybe it won't. Our family really fluctuates. Like sometimes we're vegetarian, sometimes we're not. Um, so it really depends on like how everyone's feeling. Um, and then on Christmas Eve dinner, we tend to do like a bigger meal just because like we're celebrating and family when we could all gather safely we would have those big meals and so that would be like possibly a roast of some kind uh and then sometimes like seafood so like if it's from cocktail or maybe lobster um but it's like kind of that one meal a year where like our family goes all out and then that's like the special treat and like the leftovers the next day are like used for breakfast and it's something that like we all cherish a lot <laughs> My mouth is watering. That sounds delicious and scrumptious. And Sally, what about you? Your favourite meal or something that's specially prepared for Christmas? In my family, we all love to cook, especially me, my mother, and my grandmother. Actually, I grew up with my grandmother giving cooking classes and a lot of people coming to our house and she will teach them to cook. So I grew up learning to cook with her. My sister was never really interested in that, but I was. And my grandma has like 10 books this thick with all recipes she has been modifying and just doing by herself. And that's like the family treasure. So you can guess that for Christmas, we go all out. <laughs> so a couple of days before Christmas, I will go to her house and I go there and we just start cooking stuff. Our family in my mother's side is pretty big. I celebrate mostly with my mom's part of the family because my dad, a couple of them live in Bogota, which is another city from here, from Colombia. A couple of them live in Atlanta. So we don't really celebrate with them. But for my mom's, we will cook different stuff every year. It, it always changes. So for example, for last year, I was in charge of the desserts. So I made the strawberries decorated like snowmen. So they had like whipped cream buttons on them. And yeah, most of the time we just do different stuff. For this year, we're planning to do some macaroni and cheese because I love cooking mac and cheese. Um, everyone knows me from my pasta. I love cooking all kinds of pasta. So I always do that kind of stuff. But it's different every year because we all love cooking. And we take turns as for who will make the food each year. So it's like a competition, but not really a competition. 
so it's really fun actually this sounds so promising it's clear the next time we see one another we have to do some sort of cookout in the kitchen salo with her mac and cheese morgan and her mum with the lasagna and i'll just eat everything does it sound good <laughs> i'll just do the eating that's that's what i'm good at <laughs> Okay, so one thing, I actually had the instruments I was talking about here, but I forgot about them when I was talking about them. So if you want to, I can just shake them around so you can hear what they sound like. Please. So this is a maraca. That's what it sounds like. And this is a pandereta. Perfect. These are specifically for Christmas and the Novenas. We just have a big stash of them and we take them out on Christmas and those weeks. I think you should start a Christmas band, Salo. Um, on Christmas, you and your family should get out all these instruments and just start making some noise and it's done. You will travel the world and perform and every Christmas we will all come out to watch you. <laughs> I think that will be perfect. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I want to stick on this topic of favourites because I, I'm getting some juicy answers out of you guys and I think they're really nice. Um, They're quite precious to you, I suppose. You guys all know what you love doing and these traditions and relations have grown over the years. One thing you did both mention is it kind of changes um every year and it grows and evolves and I find that really beautiful um but back onto favorites what has been your favorite memory from Christmas we've had quite a few if anything stood out to you or if there's something you love the most I'll give you a second to think about it so don't worry yeah so I think my favorite memory um would have to be like my very first Christmas which um, since I since like we started celebrating Christmas um, when I was 10, I'm old enough to remember it. Um, and, you know, at that point, like we had been in grade school um, and like my siblings, well, not my younger brother, but my sister and I had like already kind of passed the Santa phase and like, okay, sorry for any little kids who are listening, but, <laughs> um, but uh, so we had already passed that phase, but I think the the sweetest part and why it's my favorite memory is because my parents still went all out and we really got to see like the magic of my little brother believing um, and like creating traditions with him, like with the reindeer um, in the US, sometimes it's like you leave out reindeer snacks and like the reindeer leave footprints and like um, my parents really like going above and beyond um, to like make it feel really exciting and like it being a big deal that it was our first Christmas. Um, so that's probably my favorite memory, although not like super descript, like the, just the feeling of that, I think mm -hmm. is the reason why um, I still get excited for Christmas every year, um, just cause it brings me back to that and just being thankful to like be able to spend time and celebrate with family. I love that Morgan. And Salo, what's your favorite memory? Okay, so I was really conflicted about what to say. But then I was looking at Morgan and I saw her window that there was snow. And I remembered the first time I saw snow. That that was awesome. So I was in, yeah, that was like the backyard of the house I was staying at. It's completely white. It's just covered with snow. Yes. <laughs> in the sixth grade, I went to study at Atlanta with my family who's over there. And I studied at their school and I did everything with them. It was six months I was there, but I was without my family. I was with my uncle and my three cousins and it was super cool. 
But I was feeling super homesick during Christmas. Obviously, I was the whole year over there. I was feeling super bad. And I remember I remember I woke up and I just looked out the window and I said no. And I was like, I, I have never seen snow. I was so excited. I was like, I want to go out. I, I, I have to go out. <laughs> so my my aunt saw that I, I was almost having like, I, I was... I couldn't even talk. So she got the snow clothes ready for me. I had like four layers of clothing. And I mean, I was so excited. So I went outside. I played with my cousins. We, it was a very big, um, they lived in a place with a lot of houses. So there was this big hill and I wrote down that, down that hill. And when I got back to the house, the presents were under the tree and my parents had all my family from over here write a letter to me and they had sent it since November. So I would get the letters and all the pictures in Christmas when I was over there in the United States. So it was a super cute Christmas gift because I got to read all the letters from my family and I got to see snow and it was just a very different, different experience than what I normally have over here which is done 24-7, and yes, <laughs> it was just magical, yes. Both of those experiences sound so magical. That is the best word. I think what I love about yours, Morgan, is you have this vivid memory. It was the first time, and it was amazing, and it just set the tone. And with you, Salo, it's it's the exact same. It was full out that they had planned it, and they had gotten those letters ready for you by November, just so that you'd enjoy this special day. I think I can take um, my special moment and pick things from both of yours to mix it together. I think over here in the UK, we're kind of known for a white Christmas. Um, over the past few years, I haven't seen snow, unfortunately, but growing up, that has always been so much fun, lying down and making snow angels and getting in trouble for having snowball fights. It's always been so much fun. Um, and I think I've always loved a big Christmas. Um, not in terms of maybe the, the presents are massive or anything other than the amount of people are of a great number. I love having lots of family members around. I feel as if it's a holiday where you need everyone to be there and unfortunately this year that's not going to be the case for many people so I feel your pain. I do but I suppose this is just another another part of the journey that's going to make us more appreciative next year for sure oh goodness next year's in a few days <laughs> it's just around the corner actually I think first off we need to rewind quite a little bit and congratulations to you both and to anyone listening for making it this far because 2020 has been a year I don't even know what word to use to describe it because it it's been survival of the fittest in more ways than one, unfortunately. Um, what have been your favourite, favourite moments from the year 2020? Your favourite, most memorable, happy moments? Okay, so every time someone asks me, like, what's your highlight of 2020? I immediately think of the summit. I mean, that's, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. And the things that came after the summit. After the summit, I actually got a Girl Up grant to <laughs> a girl up grant to improve my podcast I have a podcast too so that was super exciting and I'm sure that came from my participation in the summit and all that stuff 
But if I had to say um, it was because of this person or because of this event or something specific, I would say it's my family. I'm just so happy I get to have a, a loving family, someone who's here 24-7, my sister who's on my room all the time and who's just playing Minecraft under my bed whenever I wake up and who's always waiting for me to wake up and she's like, oh, do you want to play Minecraft? And that should be annoying because, I mean, everyone's like, oh, my little sister is so annoying. But, I mean, when I wake up and I hear my sister just typing furiously under the bed, I'm like, oh, we're going to play Minecraft. So I'm just so happy I get to have a um, such a fun family to be around. And I'm also super thankful for my boyfriend. I remember when I spoke to you in July, I had a girlfriend. Um, I broke up with her. <laughs> But um, <laughs> good thing come after that. Um, I got I got a boyfriend, and it might seem like I'm moving on too fast, but I, I it's not like that. I I swear don't think don't think that we became we we got together actually in October, so it hasn't been that long. But we had been friends for over two years. We've taken German classes together weekly for two years, so I'd known him for a long time. And just hanging out with him and having someone who just messages me daily and is like, how was your day? And just calls me. That's just super wholesome. And that's something that I'm super grateful for, apart from my family, of course. That's so amazing. Um, Sally, that's so amazing, honestly. And I was in hysterics because <laughs> getting to know you over these past few months has been amazing. And one thing is that you follow your heart. So I knew that if you've made a decision, you've made the right decision. And by the look of the smile that is smeared from ear to ear, you are happy and I am very happy for you. As is Morgan, who <laughs> we can't hear, but we can see also smiling from ear to ear. Um, Morgan, what was your favourite or what have been your favourite moments this past year? Oh, that's such a good question. And Salo, I'm so happy for you. Um, so I think for like top 2020 moments, uh, first and foremost would be the summit. I think that was the best time of year and being able to work with both of you and not just like work, but like also um, get to know each of you and just to have fun creating a an amazing event together. Like that's something I haven't been able to do before. And it was so much fun. And that's definitely like, a work highlight and then I think for personal highlights similar to Salo again it would definitely be family um, and just being able to um, be in a space where I can quarantine and I can see my family um, really thankful for that and then in addition to that um, also my partner my boyfriend Eric and uh, we have moved in together in a home which is different from having an apartment together so that's been a really cool highlight um, as well and just being able to like continue bringing our families together and keeping you know those like life milestones still happening even amongst all the chaos has been a real privilege and something that is like very near and dear to my heart and that I'm thankful for. <laughs> I'm so happy for the both of you. I don't have words, just beautiful. <laughs> That's the first word that pops to mind. Honestly, I'm so happy for you both and I'm so happy that we have been able to, well, you have been able to look back and say, no, I've, I've actually had some good times during this year. It hasn't all been bad. 
I can second the first thing you both said, which is the summit. And although I've kind of mobbed about it already in the beginning, the summit changed me in many ways. Um, in last week's episode, I spoke to Rhea Goyle um, and we spoke about activist burnout. If I had not participated in the summit, there would be a very high chance that that would have been the end of my attempts of being a gender equality activist. And I say this because I felt so lost at the time. I didn't know where to go. I didn't really know what to do. And one thing we both said is that you try doing everything, yet you do nothing. Um, and that was just something that I struggled with. I think that Girl Up is such an uplifting community that although I hadn't done as much as I am now doing, so to speak, I feel as if even if it's making someone smile, I have done enough. And even if it's bringing a conversation to the table that someone would not have expected themselves to be a part of, I am able to do that. I'm a STEM activist, so that does involve me being behind the screen a lot of the time and helping with app development or teaching someone how to code. And I feel comfortable doing that. But this podcast has been a massive highlight for me to start using my voice. And I've reached near just under 20 different countries and I'm, I'm mind blown. I'm like, who on earth is listening to me? And it just increases every week the number of listeners and my audience members. So thanks, guys. You've made my 2020. <laughs> thanks so much. Oh, this is so good. I like reflecting on the good times. And unfortunately, I'm sure you expected it, but I'm going to come smack bang and hit you with. <laughs> what have been your less great times? You've gotten through it, clearly, because we're here. So not all bad. But what is something that had happened this past year that wasn't so great for you? If I throw this to you, Salo, first of all. Okay, so when you asked me that, I immediately think of my failed relationships. And I mean, that, that, makes, me, <laughs> that makes me super sad because, I mean, even if you end up in good terms and you're still talking, it, it hurts not to have that person and just looking at the pictures. I mean, it sucks. And it's just that period during relationships when you just finished a relationship and all the guys and girls who were waiting for you to finish that relationship start talking to you and you're like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm just, I'm just so tired. And I mean, that sucks. And I mean, there's, there's always going to be those guys who are like, do you want to send pictures? And I mean, that has happened to me. And they're like, oh, no, I really want something with you. But don't you want to send me pictures? And I'm like, I don't want to. And it just feels so frustrating. It, it sucks. Just, it sucks. <laughs> and definitely failing geometry. But I think that that's something that has taught me a lot that you can't always be the best that you can't always expect something for better and it just frustrates me so much because my grades in politics in spanish in english in french in german in other subjects that have nothing to do with math are just amazing they're super good and just because this one subject i can't understand and i can't do that i'm forced to take every year trigonometry physics geometry those subjects i almost failed all three of them and i've been doing such an amazing work with girl up with girl up and with my podcast and all that stuff 
And just because this one subject, I may have to lose one year of my life repeating the whole 10th grade. And it's just so frustrating to me because I know I'm good at stuff. Why do I have to cry? Why do I have to get anxiety? Why, why do I have to do this all because of geometry? I mean, it just uh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> I can feel the frustration, Salo, but you know what? And this is one thing that I love to throw out there. This is the perfect moment for it. Today is not tomorrow. And we are going to be looking back on this episode, looking back on those horrid relationships and that geometry test that was not passed then. And we will be in a happy relationship. We will have passed geometry. And by the time you pass it, kick it to the curb. We're going to embrace all of our other skills, you being a fantastic linguist and you being the amazing leader that you are. So, girl, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, this is a bit morbid, but I do want to hear from you too, Morgan. <laughs> what have been the, the pitfalls of 2020? Mm, it's a good question. Um, so I think just with how terribly the U.S. has handled everything related to COVID-19. It's made um, it kind of feel like it's um, uh, it's just unrelenting bad news over and over and over. And then um, it kind of feels like every time, so like personally, it feels like every time you open the news, it's just like, okay, more bad news. And I think... Um, really towards it hasn't really changed much but I think my mental like uh like perspective has um and like making sure that I take time for myself I think um similar to what you were mentioning earlier that especially like when you're working in like activism spaces it's really easy to burn yourself out and to not um, take care of yourself and to be like, okay, like if I just do this one more thing, like it's going to get us closer or, you know, even if it's just like an everyday, a job, like you're just like, okay, one more thing. And I think that really got me through like college of making sure like I was staying on top of my work and, you know, kind of using that as like a way to motivate myself to get through things. But I think um, once you are, um, you know, respecting quarantine orders and you're making sure that like you're doing the best to help your community. Um, those anxieties really start to like pent up a bit when you like can't go outside and you can't do those things. And so personally, like some of the hardest parts of 2020 was just kind of um, working through things that I probably should have <laughs> sooner, but it's just like the, the busyness of like day-to-day -day life um, kind of like left it where I didn't really need to address it yet. Um, so it, you know, I always try to look at life as like the silver, try to find the silver lining and try to like, um, be positive. And so I think taking the positive of it would be that, you know, I feel like I've been a lot better at self-care and not burning myself out as much, but it took a lot to get there. And I think, um, you know, there's so many different like layers we can dissect and like think of everything from like, okay, how does social media play a part into that? How does like, <laughs> how do all of these different ways that we're functioning now remotely, like play into our greater anxieties and like how, you know, if someone else is doing better, like how could I be better? And like, kind of just like this never ending cycle. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was just um, how to slow that down and how to um, make sure that 
I'm focusing on like my happiness and like taking care of myself first and then I can help others hopefully that made sense (laughs) it made sense Morgan and it was relatable I think everyone can relate to the feelings that you've had over quarantine over 2020 in regards to the coronavirus and in regards to putting yourself first it has been a massive challenge and I know speaking with um, Rebecca Fairweather who some of you know because we've had her on earlier she was talking to me about having to get used to see herself in the mirror more and that is something that really touched me because she is completely right Being at home for a set amount of time and passing the mirror a lot of the time, I know that I did find myself staring at that mirror um, for a long time and looking at my reflection. And as annoyingly deep as this is about to sound, you kind of just question, who am I? What, What am I doing? There are people, unfortunately, who are dying. How can I help? And I don't have the qualifications of a doctor. I can't help in that aspect. So what can I do? And there are so many things that I might have tried to do that failed horribly. But looking back on it now, it's that you think well done for trying and well done for putting yourself first. Because as nice as it is to think about others, there's you and you are really important. And I just think what you've both said is not only extremely relatable, but I think it's something that everyone has gone through and everyone agrees with. So thank you both so much for sharing that. Um, I know it sounded like a bit of a morbid question and horrible to ask, but these responses are what we need, just to know that we're not alone, and you're not the only one who's been crying on the floor this quarantine. You're not the only one who hasn't gotten out of bed for two days in a row. It's it's okay. We've all spent hours on TikTok when we should have been doing something productive. You are not alone. Oh goodness, I can keep going on and on and on about this. I think I will very quickly give uh, my most horrible part of this year. Um, but like Morgan, there was a positive hidden underneath. I think losing people who you have that fantasy of being friends for life for, um, with, and losing them, it was a horrible experience, but I am so thankful that I did, because again, you figure out more about yourself, and you might find, um, you might find that you have different interests, and, you can meet people like Morgan and Silo and talk about these things with, and you can do other things. And I'm not going to dwell, don't worry, okay? We've had enough of negativity this year. But the whole point is that we can turn this negative energy into positive energy. And that brings me to asking you both to do just that, um, in the form of writing your letters to self, where hopefully you both give yourself some advice and congratulations for this year and on to the next Um, I will throw this over to whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Salo, I'm afraid it's been pinpointed to you. Um, But Salo, if you would do the honour of writing your letter to self, Morgan and I would love to listen to you and wish you all the best. Okay, sure. Just give me a second. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, started. Um, Okay. (laughs) Hey, Salo. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm so nervous. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, Salo. This is you. You're talking to yourself. You normally do this in your head, but sometimes writing your thoughts is actually really good for you. First of all, I wanted to congrat- 
congratulate you for getting through 2020. It hasn't been an easy year, but you did it. You had your losses, but you also had your wins. Something I wanted to say to myself is that you don't have to feel selfish whenever you don't get to do something because of the actual situation. For example, I know you struggle with not seeing your boyfriend as soon as you would like to because of COVID. But you don't have to feel bad because you want to see him. You don't have to feel bad because there's people who have it worse. Sometimes you just have to focus on yourself and what you want and not always think of all the negatives, all the negative stuff. You have to put yourself first sometimes. You have to put your mental health first sometimes. If you don't do an assignment or if you fail a test, it might be bad, but at least you're not feeling as bad as when you cram all that stuff in your head and you get so frustrated at night, but just take it easy, give yourself some time. Something that 2020 has taught me is that you have to be patient. You have to be patient and you can't get frustrated when stuff doesn't go the way you want it to go. I'm sure none of us expected this year to be like this, but it has been like this and you just have to look at the good and the bad stuff. Just don't focus on all the good stuff. You have to learn that bad stuff happens and you just can't avoid it. Just congratulations and see you next year. This is a round of applause if the audio is too terrible to pick it up. But Salo, thank you so much for putting your heart on the table. And this episode is so special to me. I, I won't say any more until I've had Morgan's letter to sell. So over to you, Morgan. Thank you so much for sharing, Salo. All right, so I have um, in my little notebook, um, Dear Future Morgan, Congratulations. Making it through this year, 2020, has been no small feat. I have one piece of advice for 2021 and most likely beyond, and it is to lead with kindness. The way that someone treats you is really a reflection of how they feel about themselves, and this is important to keep in mind when approaching things with kindness. Continue to be patient and challenge yourself each day into growing into yourself in order to achieve all the dreams that you want to in the future lots of love morgan that was amazing thank you so much morgan thank you so much salo for both of you putting everything out there and speaking to future you which i think lots of people have admitted it's hard to do because you know yourself best or you know who you are now better than you know who you're going to be tomorrow and I have been so, so thankful for having you both in my life and for you both coming on to this last episode. It means so much to me. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And I can finally announce that the last episode of 2020 will be me writing my letter to future Moffy. <laughs> this is just like a buildup of emotion on my part and I just can't wait. I hope to see you all very soon. Please stay safe. I love everyone for being on this journey with me. I will see you on another episode of Today Is Not Tomorrow. Thank you both so much. Bye, Salo. Bye, Morgan. Bye. Thank you so much for having us. It was such a fun time. Thank you so much.